Welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. What's up, family? It's JJ again. Yes, sad news. It's just me. (laughs) Like I told you last week, season 9.5, I'm going solo and hosting this series. What's been super fun and what you guys saw last week is what we're essentially doing is pulling the heart of dating hall of fame episodes the ones that just hit differently that as i told you guys last week for some reason whenever somebody stumbles upon the heart of dating podcast is they go back to like episode one or episode 50 and they just listen to all of them so it's really cool to see that if you think about podcasts like daily news podcasts like it's burn bright die young you get that daily episode, but it's not like I go back. I'm like, what happened on December 22nd? I want to, I want to listen to this one. So it's just a fun fact. So we're pulling up those past episodes. Today's going to be super cool, super, super cool. So this one is awesome because it's with Lindsay Maestas and she really blew my mind. She works now with primarily marriages. Her husband is a preacher and they do a lot of coaching, a lot of programs for marriages only. Fun fact, everybody was like, so when's heart of dating going to be the heart of marriage? I'm like, dude, Kate and I, trust me, you don't want advice from us on marriage quite yet. We're still figuring this out. Okay. So this is super fun because this is going to be a super awesome episode. It's called, Am I Enough? Am I enough seeking approval and validation in dating? Which I I don't think is gender specific. I think we all do this. Why? Because we're human. So we get a really good snapshot of their minds and their single journeys, which were definitely colorful paths. And I'm super excited for you guys to listen to it. Just some housekeeping items. Family, conference is in 10 days. 10 days. It's sold out in person. We're seeing all the virtual tickets to start selling. People are hosting small group watch parties. Fun fact, some of the most popular small groups stories that we've heard is people will watch the conference together, but the talks are so rich. There's so many great talking points. People just use it as content and curriculum for like the six weeks after because you can rewatch the content for three months. So if you guys are in a small group setting, I, t- I tell all the pastors that we speak to and work with and partner with, I say, honestly, when it comes to young adult communities and singles communities in these small groups, people are hungry and they're going to find them. You don't have a small group shortage. You have a curriculum shortage. There's like a content shortage where they're really hungry and churches who are strapped on bandwidth don't really have enough curriculum or content to pass out. So if you guys are needing that, the conference is a great way to do that. We definitely encourage you guys. And let me just say this. We are so excited to steward this opportunity well. It's going to be super fun. It's going to be super challenging. We hope it, like we tell our speakers like, hey, 
you guys aren't here to make friends, okay? Like we want you to be real with us. We want you to challenge us because that is how we grow. So I hope you guys are not scared off by that message. I hope it kind of pumps you up. We're super excited. As you guys know, let me check. Okay, Kate's not here. Season 10 after this is going to be sick. I can't wait. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna announce it at a conference. I think so. Anyway, okay. She's she's hi Kate, how are you? Yeah, things are going well. Anyway, guys, I'm super excited. What you guys are going to learn today, and what I love about Lindsay is her heart for even though she works with primarily marriages and couples and marriage. Her heart for singles is super clear. It's super, super clear because she's dealing with the aftermath of singles who refuse to seek healing. She's dealing with the aftermath of singles who just were content, who didn't want to change or grow in singleness. Singleness is the best time. She is super clear that the best time for us to prepare to be a great wife, to be a great husband, it's not marriage, it's in singleness. I always go to this snapshot. If you guys think about investing like in your retirement, I hope you guys all here are doing you know, your Roth IRAs or your IRAs, just getting something in the bank early because if you think about retirement, we all love to look at the big graphs on the back end where it's you know, a million, two million dollars, but where that starts is the most important part. That's where it compounds, compound interest, if you guys know is super important. What I'm trying to say is investing in a great marriage starts now. This is where you become that husband you desire to be. This is the time where you become the wife that you desire to be if you are going to marry. So what to expect in this episode and what I loved and what stood out was it was a really awesome picture into the mind of two women who struggled with the desire for attention. Specifically, what I learned was when it comes to the root of control and the idea of controlling something, and that can be intimacy, emotional intimacy, sexual intimacy, that is one of the driving forces behind the desire for attention is the control, right, for something in our life. So it's an amazing testimony. When I met Kate, what stood out to me was her testimony, her story of Jesus using her past which the enemy loves to have us look back at with shame. And with Jesus, we get to look back at and see redemption and see where his hand was always with us. So if you have a past, which is AKA all of us, I hope this story and this episode just richly and deeply encourages you in your spirit. It's so rich in detail for the life and the experience of the misery behind the emptiness of the partying, the hookups, the relationships into a story of surrender and transformation on earth. Fun fact, people are always asking, I can't believe this question gets asked, but it does. Do miracles still happen? And instead of looking externally in the world and trying to find somebody's arm getting grown, the greatest miracle family is what happens in our life. Our personality, our heart, our mind, everything changes. Everything is transformed. It's sanctified on earth. 
we are redeemed as children of God. If that's not the greatest miracle in our life, I don't know what is. So this is an awesome, awesome story of that. It talks about the new creations in Christ where, you know, we get stuck in this prisoner mentality. We are free. We are new creations in Christ. But guess what? We still bear the wounds and the scars of our past. And until we look backwards with Jesus to heal, they will remain there and continue to impact us. They talk about the idealization of relationships. This is the Christian cultural expectation of getting married young that's put on the pedestal, right? That we all are very familiar with, especially if you were single and over the age of 25, this is a very, very obvious thing for us to talk about, which is not okay. And the reality in the church now is, did you guys know over 51% of the US adult population is now single? Which is a majority, 51, which is the majority of adults in the US are now single. For reference, about 40 or 50 years ago, 70% of adults, like meaning 24 years and older, were married. So the pendulum has definitely swung. The church has to be very cognizant that the majority of their adults are single to a large degree, and we have to serve them well. So it gets into that super, super awesome, the godlike expectations of relationships and marriage. So I'm super excited. I'm going to shut up now (laughs) and let you guys go listen to it. I love you, fam. Have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful day. We love you so much. Be blessed and let's go. Lindsay Maestas, hey girl, welcome to Heart of Dating today. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Kate. I'm so excited. I feel like, well, we connected a while back. Yeah. And I feel like we've always just kind of been in the same realm of uh, like our world, our podcasting and blogging and all the Instagram life world. And so I've always loved following along with you and just being a part of your journey. So thank you for having me. Uh, Girl, you know, it's so funny. I'm just flashing back to the beginning of Heart of Dating. And I remember that I was like looking for originally one of my strategies, like find really awesome godly couples and post about their Mm. story, you know. And I remember finding you and your husband and we did some sort of post about you guys way back like two and a half years ago. And so I've been following you since then and just loved your heart. And you just have a radiant soul. And we never met in real life, but you know. I know. (laughs) It needs to happen. But yeah, we'll change that (laughs) after COVID, I'm sure. You know, I keep saying that. I'm like, after COVID. I mean, (laughs) whenever that is, we don't know. When it ends. I know. (laughs) I keep thinking like... January 2021, we're going to be out of it. And I'm like, okay, but if that's not the reality, I need to set my mind for long term because I'm such a like goal oriented person. Yes. And I'm like, if it doesn't end January 2021, because everyone's like 2020 is the worst. So we just keep thinking January is going to hit and we're going to be good to go. But now I'm like, I need to create some normalcy in my life and stop just like hoping for this to be over because it's just crazy. And so we've been doing that. We've been trying to create normalcy in our home. Yeah. What's so funny is we were just talking about waiting in singleness, like before this call. And I was like, you know, it's almost like we're kind of in that season right now. We're like 
totally yeah. unsure of when COVID is going to end. And we kind of have to make peace with this current season, kind of like how singles mm-hmm. feel, you know, like yeah. when they're like, I have the desire to be married, but I'm not. And I really and want I'm longing for I'm it longing and for finding it. yeah, that beauty in the waiting. It really is sweet. And I feel so strongly like I want to just address elephant in the room that I was married young and I can't speak fully to that, like the waiting game, but I have had the opportunity through my blog, sparrowsandlily.com. And then um, my podcast, the living easy podcast, where I speak with women. I talk about the raw, hard topics of life and just kind of dig deep into everything with a faith-based foundation. And as I speak with women and individuals and they comment or send messages, that's one of the greatest struggles that I find that people face is that like finding contentment and beauty in the waiting. And it can become this maybe game a little bit of like, when is this going to happen for me? Because they're struggling and they're hurting and they're eager and they're longing for that. But I do, like you said, Kate, I think it's so sweet to be able to find contentment. And through counseling them, I've seen what that patience can do for their hearts and what building upon that relationship with Jesus in that time of waiting can do for their hearts. So while I have not, I did not have to wait long for my husband, I have just to speak to that. I have walked through with so many women um, and just, it's just been a joy to be able to experience kind of the roller coaster of it all and to learn from them as well. Yeah, I think what's so interesting about this season is we're all having that fresh perspective of how to be content mm-hmm. with situations we cannot control. And yes. um, COVID yes. is like a giant situation that we just have zero control over. Like not mm-hmm. a single one of us can do anything about it except yeah. pray and be like, God, we pray for that vaccine and we pray for this yes. to end, you know? And um, we pray for healing for people who have the virus and all of that. But yeah, just, you know, and I think there's an interesting realm of really coming into surrender and almost having to look, and this transitions into some of what we're going to talk about today, but having to look at some of the things that we maybe over-prioritize or maybe over-idolized, you know, because we can't, we don't have as much access to some of those things anymore. And so, I don't know, for me, that's as an extrovert, as a person who loves community, loves gathering, loves like dating, not that you can't date during this time, but there's just so many elements that have been- different. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I love traveling. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I forgot about that. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's what I miss the most for sure. Like all of our summer vacations and stuff. But again, like I've, I think it's been easy and in in the same way relating back to dating, it's easy to focus on the negatives. It's Mm -hmm. easy to focus on just what sucks. Like this (laughs) sucks, you know, and there are moments that are just horrible. But then there are so many sweet things and joys that have come out of this. And then just the opportunity for us to kind of rebuild and to slow down and to find joy. And I think in the same with singleness, there is that real opportunity to grow closer in our relationship with the Lord and to not over-prioritize the things that he he's telling us to wait on. You know, I always think like when we pray, it's either no, yes, or later. And I think sometimes the answer is just later. And in in order to, I guess, find joy in that later, we need to reshift our perspective and what our hearts are set on and just keep our minds on the kingdom and not on 
the world. Girl, it's so true because it's, you know, I was, you know, we have our conference, Heart of Dating Conference, and one of the talks in that conference, I was just reflecting on it. It's uh, Tara Lee Cobble, and she actually says this line that I wrote down, I've been reflecting on that, God's no and our good desires can still coexist. So I was like, oh, oh man, that's challenging. Because she, and she details out how there's multiple times in the Bible where God didn't deliver the prayer exactly as they thought or in the timing that they thought. And, and yet they were still praising him and they were still thankful for him and they were still, you know, walking out an amazing life for God. And I think that so relates to this current season. We're like, well, what we wanted in this time, whatever it was for 2020, isn't necessarily happening that way for many of us. Right. And so, but it doesn't mean that our desire is bad. Whatever we desired, it just means to your point, maybe later. And so Mm -hmm. how do we wrestle with that and find contentment and and surrender truly to this unexplainable process, you know? <laughs> like- yeah. Well, and I think so much of it actually, I was reading in First Peter mm-hmm. yesterday and how he says to be holy as I am holy. Mm-hmm. And it just triggered me because it's one of the first verses I ever memorized because I realized the importance of separating ourselves from the world, to be in the world, but not of the world type yeah. of mindset, to Um, pour in, to pour in truth and wisdom and to be a light and to look different. And I think so much of that, like we go to the verse that God wants to give us the desires of our hearts and we often go there. But one thing I think is so important in anything, in pursuing a relationship, in um, finding peace and joy is what is our motive? Mm. And in everything that we do, what is the motive of our desire? What are we longing for and why? Is it to honor God and then the rest is just icing? Or is it because I want to make much of myself or because I don't want to be lonely or because I want to be comfortable or like, you know, it goes back to the I, I, I. And I think when it comes back to that I, we really do begin to lose sight of eternal purposes. When we're looking at ourselves in the mirror, we just begin only to see ourselves and our wants and our desires. And and to be holy as Jesus is holy is to have holy motives. Like, why do I want this? Do I want this just so I can feel seen? Which these are not bad desires, right? It's not a bad desire to want to be married. It's not a bad desire to want affection and intimacy and, and to experience all of those things. However, If it is like, Lord, I want a relationship so that we can build upon what I have already built with you and come together and honor the kingdom and make much of you and share the gospel and make disciples and do all the things that you've called us to do together, that is a holy perspective, right? And, and, and again, God created sex, God created intimacy, God created relationship. These are good things. But as always, when we put a good thing in place of a God thing is Mm. when we begin to get a little bit jumbled. Oh, that is so good. When you put a good thing in front of a God thing, it's when you get jumbled. Hey, everyone write that down. (laughs) That's so good. (laughs) Lindsay, this is just perfect because I think it's going to transition so well to just some of your story. And when we connected over the phone before this, I was like, oh, girl, I just know so many people can relate to your story. And Mm -hmm. not only that, I personally can relate to your story. I was, as you were sharing, I was like, oh man, yep, yep. Oh, we are, we have been through (laughs) very similar kinds of things. I'm so sorry, girl, (laughs) that we are similar in that. Yeah, right. (laughs) Seriously. Oh man. It's okay. I'm like, I've, I've totally made peace with that with God. Cause I was like, you know, God, if those things 
didn't happen, I probably wouldn't have started a dating podcast. So there we are, right? But I want everyone else to hear about your story. And so would you just start off by sharing a little bit about before you met your husband, there's a lot of things that happened and went on for you. So will you just share a little bit about what that dating journey looked like? Sure. It was a mess. It was a complete (laughs) and utter mess. Holy smokes. So basically for me, I came to a point at a very, very young age where all I wanted was attention. Like I just so, and that's why I speak to that so much of like being seen and being wanted because it's, it dictated my life. Mm -hmm. And so at the age of 14, um, I got myself and I hate even using those words, but it is true. I got myself into a compromising position. I was at my first high school party. Um, I had just, I was a freshman and I was at a senior football party. I don't know how I even got there, what happened, but I started drinking, got into conversation with this guy who I thought was very attractive, like literally double my height and size. And, um, he asked me to go into a room and we just started talking and I'm a virgin at this point. And long story short, um, it turned from very amicable and kind to incredibly aggressive and abusive. Mm. And, um, he was forceful and he raped me Mm. and granted put myself in the position. I was flirting. I was probably not wearing the best of clothes either because that was just my life. I liked attention, but that was not something that I wanted. Um, I was, I had, although wouldn't say I had many morals, there was one thing in that is that I wanted to save myself. And he stole that from me. And I went to the rape crisis center and kind of seeing on the screen, like the bruises and the cuts and the things from what he had done, it, it really traumatized me a lot. And it's something that I will never, ever forget. And while I could have left that and been like, oh my gosh, I'm dressing from head to toe in cloth, you know, like I'm covering myself up forever. Mm-hmm. I went the opposite way wow. and I yeah. felt this need to, I don't know. It was almost like this need to be excused of what had happened to me. If that makes sense. Like I, oh, yeah, I wanted mm-hmm. other guys to see me and to want me like in a good way and to not be abusive and to yeah. not be aggressive. Cause and, it would almost disprove what happened before. It's like, yeah. okay, well like, is it almost that? Cause I can uh, not to jump in and stop your story, no, but like, do. Yeah. but like, it's almost like that is a traumatic event like that. And whether it happens with somebody in your situation and when it, whether it is rape or whether it's from an absent father or whatever it is, if it's mm-hmm. something traumatic from a male figure in our life, especially when we're in vulnerable stages of our life, like younger years, uh, like babies, yeah. Like fourteen years old. I look at my nieces. Yeah. I'm like, you're a baby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought I was so old at fourteen. Let me tell you. Me but I look now, and I'm like, oh wow. Like, uh, okay, yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> but then I, at least for me, what it looked like was trying to then fill that void because it was too painful to 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 look at it. So then I wanted to fill it with just like, okay, well, I need there's something broken with that relationship or that mm-hmm. dynamic between you and a male. And so you just are like, what can I try to do to fill this with attention, approval, yeah. affirmation, p- quote unquote positive things from other men. And you know the other part Lindsay, at least for me is like you couldn't you were out of control in that situation. You know, like mm-hmm. this man took advantage of you. And so what I did in my story too is like you 
you want to seek affirmation and put yourself in situations to get that because it feels like something you can control, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Yeah. So that is so in that, that's the biggest thing. I'm an Enneagram three. Yeah. And me too. it's like, are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why we click so well. The achiever, like it's all about success and fix and fixing and controlling. And like, luckily there's been a lot of healing in that as I've realized that personality type, but in that time it was very much that. And so I specifically remember um, going to this guy's house and I had just met him and they were supposed to be dropping me off at my cousin's. And now looking back, I was an idiot and I was drinking and they were like, oh, we can't find the house. Sorry. We're going to just take you back to our house. And I was like, okay, you know, mm. and they knew where the house was, of course. And they were just yeah. being like, you're coming over and you're going to spend the night. And it's not something I would have normally done. Like most of my dating was with long-term relationships. But the focus of those relationships was always sex and intimacy because I felt that's what kept guys around. And in this time that I went to this one guy's house, I was single and I didn't want to do it. Like I did not want to be intimate with him. I hardly knew him. I And he pushed and he pushed and he wasn't aggressive or anything, but he was so pushy. And in my mind, I just remember thinking like, I have to. I don't want to, but I have to do this because it's my worth. Like he's going to think less of me if I don't, he's going to think I'm gross. He's going to think, I mean, so many lies that the enemy gives and I wasn't a believer at the time, Mm -hmm. but I remember leaving the next day and just being so disgusted. And this was the common theme, Kate. It was Mm -hmm. like, I would give myself mostly in these longer term relationships. And every time I knew something was wrong. Like I just knew, and that was totally the Holy Spirit from a very, very early age. My parents would talk to me about Jesus. Like I knew God had more for me. I knew that, but I wouldn't allow myself to go there. Mm -hmm. And the more I was in these relationships and the more I felt like a full on object in everything that I did. And and I mean, I didn't give myself the respect. Who am I going to ask these guys to yeah. give me respect? Oh, you know, yeah. I didn't respect myself. Hmm. And so I dated around. I was cheated on. I cheated on my boyfriends. Like it was just so messy and so saddening. Like as I look back now, I just feel I same, same thought as you, Kate. Like I would not be where I'm at. I wouldn't be sharing these really hard stories and having these really honest conversations if these things hadn't happened to me. And I'm so thankful for the reach that the podcast has given. And um, actually when I first shared this story, it's so bizarre, but the number one country that I received emails from was women in Africa. Wow. And I received hundreds and hundreds of emails from women in Africa who had similar stories, you know, oh of God. abuse or of just um, not knowing when to stop giving their bodies away. And so with that opportunity, I'm thankful, but I do look back and I'm like, man, Lord, my life could have looked so different. Had I just trusted you, had I trusted in your plan that my husband one day would be enough for me and that I don't need all of these men because it was like, I would have a boyfriend and then I would literally, Kate, have a guy on the on speed mm-hmm. dial oh, yeah. in case that relationship <laughs> didn't go right. I feel you, girl. <laughs> it's so crazy to say yeah. it. Like mm-hmm. when it would go awry and I would have a fight, I would literally like lose it. I would lose control because I was. I was losing control of the relationship, losing control of, of being wanted and that attention and validation. And I would call someone else. And I would that night be over with somebody else until the boyfriend 
apologize, not like sleeping with them, but just being there. Like I just needed someone around all of the time. And, and this happened all of high school and the beginning of college until I gave my life to Jesus. And I just got to a point where I had heard something from Jessica Simpson, interestingly enough. And she had said she was like a secondhand virgin. And I was like, that's stupid. What does that mean? You know, that's so dumb, but it resonated. And I just kept thinking about it. Like, what does that mean? Is that a choice? Like, is that something I could do? I've already gone down this path for so long. Could I really start over? And it felt impossible. I mean, truly, like I'd think about it and I would just be crushed because I wanted it. I didn't want to be this girl anymore. I didn't want to date around and jump from relationship to relationship and need this attention and, and, and hate this loneliness so much, but I did. That's who I was. And that was my identity at the time. And I just embraced it, but I just kept leaning toward that. And I remember one night, um, midnight, I leave a party because I don't want to be there. I know it's like every time I would go, it was just this sinking feeling and I'm there and I hate it. I like the getting ready part and having one drink before, but by the time I'm drunk, I'm like, this is miserable. This is such a miserable life. And I was probably 20 at the time, no 19. And I was walking down this main road, not in a safe area at all in a, in the pouring rain in like a cheetah dress. I'll never forget. And it's pouring. And I just cried. And I was like, Lord, I can't do this anymore. Where am I going? Like who? And I was walking to an ex-boyfriend's house that I didn't like. I didn't want, I didn't, but I needed, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just said, Lord, I can't do this anymore. And the next day I told my family, like, I don't know what this looks like, but I'm surrendering my life to Jesus because I am broken. I've tried everything. I've read books on Buddhism, on Mormonism, on, on, I mean, Scientology. Like I went there. Oh, I didn't want anything to, I I was like, I was looking for anything to fill my heart. And I didn't want anything to do with Jesus because that's what my family told me about. You know, that's who. And I didn't find any joy in these things. All I found in all of that, especially Buddhism is like, self, self-help, self-reflection, self. And I'm like, I've done plenty of that and I'm not fixing anything. So Jesus, if you're real, come on, like I'm ready. My heart is open and man, he transformed in moments. Like it was a surrender of brokenness, tears, like confession to my family of so many things. And, and then I went to um, a church and I had the secondhand virgin thing in my head and I the one of the verses, the first verse I memorized, memorized was Second Corinthians five seventeen. Um, In Christ, you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I believed that with every ounce of my soul and mind and body, of He can make me new. I believe this. He died on the cross to wash me white as snow. And so I drove to a local church that I knew had like a coffee shop and I bought myself a purity ring and it wasn't about the ring. Like the ring itself doesn't do anything. It's just Mm -hmm. an object. But when I sat in my car and put it on, I just, if you can imagine like Kim Kardashian, ugly cry, like just (laughs) ugly crying. Oh my gosh. I'm picturing all the memes right now. (laughs) That's all I can think of. And, and I just am like sobbing and nobody could have prepared me for that response because it was like I was just a torn up piece of cloth that's just always how I envision it and just trying to patch myself back together with all of the wrong things and the second I put that ring on I realized I can have a new life 
Like Jesus offers this. Jesus offers everything from a new heart, new desires to purity. Like I can call myself pure because Jesus has given me that chance because of his death on the cross and resurrection. And so um, I put it on and I just wept and I embraced it. And I was so thankful for the opportunity to start over. And it wasn't like an easy journey, yeah. but it happened, you know, I did mm-hmm. it. And by his grace, I did it. And so I just like, gosh, my heart, my message always is to give hope to women who are there and who maybe in their forties. And they're like, man, I just miss intimacy. And I don't even care about what the Bible says anymore. I just want this, or I'm jumping from relationship to unhealthy relationship because I'm trying to fill this hole in my heart. And I can tell you from experience, it will never, ever, ever resolve that problem. Like the Lord alone can fix and change your heart. Yeah, girl, this is so good. I'm just listening like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So good, Lindsay. <laughs> and you know, Thank you're you. mentioning so many elements that I think resonate. I, I know for me personally, but I'm sure so many people listening. Um, and so thank you so much for sharing so vulnerably just all of, of those details. Uh, one thing I, I want to focus on and asking you that you kind of brought up and that I see happening is there is a reason why we keep hopping in unhealthy relationships. You know, there is something going on there. And And one thing I often find is that people have, and we kind of touched on it at the beginning, but people want marriage. They have a good desire for marriage, but there is some sort of a line between desiring marriage as a good desire, healthy desire. God loves marriage. He loves relationship, but also idolizing it, making it so that like, if I don't get this, I am not happy or like Mm. making it so that um, I need to constantly be dating constantly in relationships to find it because I've kind of lost my sense of self without being with somebody else. Right. What is, what do you, cause for you, did you like idolize relationships or male attention? Like what is it? What was it for you? 100%. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I put that, like I said, good things can become God things. And that desire to be seen isn't necessarily a bad thing, Mm -hmm. but when it becomes a God thing, it becomes an idol. And first John 521 says little children, he's speaking to us, keep yourselves from idols. And I think what I had to come down to, um, as I became a believer and I started pursuing like healthier relationships was, am I putting this above all else? Am I putting this above my relationship with Jesus? And oftentimes the answer was yes, because especially in the Christian culture, there is just this thing of like getting married really young and that's like, it it needs to happen. And if it doesn't, something's wrong with you. And all these girls, like I'm 19 years old is when I was saved. And all these girls are like, I'm just looking for my husband. And that was such a flip from the world I was in was like, (laughs) you just date around until you're 30. Like nobody's getting married. Nobody wants it. But as soon as you become a Christian, the culture, for whatever reason, really, really promotes (laughs) this marriage, like the, the idolatry of marriage, I think, Mm. because they push and they push of like, who's your husband or can we match with you, you with this guy? And I get that temptation happens when you're not married. I get like, mm-hmm. obviously for me, yeah. <laughs> sexual temptation Same. is a thing. <laughs> yes, but, but the thing is, is when I had to step back and say, does the thought, like the actual prospect of not having a husband produce debilitating or, or, or wife produce debilitating anxiety in our hearts? And if the answer is yes, something is wrong 
right? Because we're called to not love the world or the things of the world. And so, and to keep ourselves from idols, like he connects those two in the scripture. And so the issue isn't loving the world, delighting in the world. The issue is loving the world the way that the world loves the world. And so I had to ask myself, does it cause me anxiety? Yes. Okay. Then if I'm immobilized by the idea of wanting a spouse and I'm crushed and defeated because a relationship ends instead of saying, Jesus, I trust you, mm-hmm. you know, which is easier said than done. Oh, of course it's sure. easier said than done. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm the first to say like my kids, I have two little boys and I've always told my husband, I'll never diminish their heartbreak in relationships because it is one of the deepest, sharpest pains in the world. Oh, like man. to this day, I believe my high school relationships ending was the most pain I've ever felt. Like it really is very real. And so I'm not saying it's easy at all. And I get it. And I get it if you're 40, 50, 30s, like wanting this, I'm not minimizing how hard it is. It really is. But I think it's the perspective and the heart that God calls us to, which is to place our peace, our security, our hope, our joy in him alone. And so for me, when I started dating and there was this guy who um, was looking at rings with me and I was forcing it, Kate, like this Mm -hmm. was not, it was not meant to be at all. Oh yeah. But the prospect of like, but, but like the, almost the excitement of like, yeah, but he wants me, but oh my gosh, she's going to do this. Oh. And that moment, that fleeting moment, it's almost like how we, we desire like a sexual thing too. Like it's this buildup of like something so great, so intimate, something we desire, but like we also feel this way about weddings (laughs) and it's like, but what's going to happen after that event? You know, like how, like you're putting it so much on a pedestal that there's the only way out after is almost down (laughs) if you put it so high up there. Seriously. Like I always say, if, if you are getting married for sex, it's like buying an airplane for a pack of peanuts. Like it is such (laughs) a small portion of the relationship and you're magnifying something so huge and not even the sex, but the intimacy or the, or the notion of just the idea. Like, yeah, yeah, that I I'm having a Pinterest wedding and I'm planning a wedding. Mm -hmm. If you're getting married for that, it is buying a pack of an airplane for a pack of peanuts. Like you're you're engaging in something so huge for the opportunity of something like the wedding is such a small day. I hardly remember my wedding, you know, and I've been married eight and a half years now and the, it's the day to day that matters. And so for me with that relationship, when I started to settle, I realized, okay, this is less than what God has for me. And I'm willing to sacrifice the good and, and the righteous things that God has for me in order to satisfy this longing and and to accomplish what the world expects of me. And so I think when we begin to settle, we realize in that moment we've made an idol, not even of that person, but of what we want, of what our desires are. And I think that in that moment, we have to pray, Lord, match my will to your will. Like Mm -hmm. I want my will to be the exact same as your will Mm -hmm. for my life because then I know I'm in the right place. Yeah. 
Girl, that is so good. You know what's interesting too, as you're saying this, it's coming up for me, but this need for approval, this need for affirmation, this need, it's all external. It's because we are wanting other people to view us a certain way. And you and I can obviously relate to that a lot because I feel like that's the ultimate demise of the three. It's like the Enneagram three is like, that is all we care (laughs) about in a way. Yeah, you want approval. You want to be seen a certain way. But I don't think at all that it is only limited to Enneagram threes. I think this is rampant in our culture with just how we have framed things up, especially in the U.S. and just our culture here specifically. We're like always like, who can be the best? It's even in the church, like who can memorize the most scripture and just all the things, right? Competition. Yeah. Oh, complete competition. But, you know, this is something too, if we don't get it right in our singleness and just address it, I'm not saying anybody here has to be perfect. I don't believe that there is a place of being absolutely perfect before marriage, because I think that relationships in marriage bring up a lot that just are different than just being single, (laughs) you know? But I think that if we can recognize these hard truths of like, maybe I have put marriage or the need for affirmation and the need to find someone as a, li- a little bit on a pedestal, if I can address the why behind that, if I can address the the void that my heart has that I'm trying to fill with those things, uh, it will be so much better because my thought is if you do get married, let's say somebody does get married right now and they do get that relationship they want, that's a good relationship next month, my opinion is that is not going to satisfy their soul. It really is not. You know, you may get that thing. You may sitting be sitting here right now being like, but all I want is a relationship, but I have been trying forever. I am 40 and I have been trying forever. But if you are idolizing that to the point of like you need it, once you get that thing, if that's your current mindset and where your heart is at, it is going to really disappoint you through time. And then not only that, I feel like because you haven't addressed the true root of the problem, which is that need for affirmation, that need for approval, uh, whatever it is right there, it will happen later. You know, if your husband one day or your wife one day isn't fully making you feel that amazing, right? What are you going to do? You may end up looking for that externally. I mean, right? I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I, I so strongly agree with you. So I think there's a lot <laughs> that I could say about yeah. that. But ultimately, happy is the wife and happy is the husband whose love for each other is secondary to their love for Christ. Because when you enter in to a relationship with one another, with the expectation that they're going to satisfy you, you are setting yourself up for failure. I mean, 1,000, because I did it. I did it with my husband. I thought... We got married at 21. We were young and we were friends for years before I had no attraction to him. And then suddenly I just felt, I actually was listening to him teach a sermon and I was like, Lord, this is who you have for me. And it just, my feelings shifted, which is just another story of like, it's never who you think it's going to (laughs) be. He's not like my original type. He's not anything I thought. I never thought we would date at all. And God just shifted something in my heart. But once we started dating, I was obsessed with him. I was like, it was so weird because he pursued me for two years and I was not interested. And when that shifted in me, Uh I was like, oh my gosh, don't leave. You're everything I want, everything I need, you know? And I had this expectation of what this relationship as a godly couple was supposed to look like. And I say that sarcastically because 
we're sinners, you know, Mm -hmm. just because we're in a godly couple doesn't mean he's going to lead me perfectly as a man. Mm -mm. And just because it doesn't mean I'm going to submit perfectly as a wife or serve or whatever that expectation of the world is, I'm not going to do that because I'm a sinner. And I placed these crazy expectations (laughs) on him Mm -hmm. that he could never satisfy that eight years later, we are still dealing with because I had this thought that obviously that's how I lived my life, that men are the only thing that can satisfy. And even as I found the Lord and repented and sought him, it was a thorn I really had to work through. And there was a lot of consequence from the sin. And, and that's another thing, like those relationships that we have before we find our husband or wife, they don't just go away. These relationships, the pieces of our hearts we've given away, the pieces of our bodies that we've given away, they do not just go away. And I've spoken many times on my podcast um, about how I have dreams about these past relationships, even if I don't think about these guys for years. Mm -hmm. The enemy will put this dream in my head and I'll think about him all day. And it's come to a point where I have, I mean, I've always kind of done this, but I confess to my husband, not that I really have to confess because I'm not doing something wrong, but I'm like, hey, I had this dream. I can't get it out of my head. I'm really struggling. You know, it went back there and and there's moments of like, what if this one had working out, mm-hmm. worked out? What if I had, and I'm happily married. Like I really am yeah. actually very happily married. I love my husband, but those things don't just go away. And I, I think that's another thing is like guarding our hearts and I'm not all about purity culture and don't kiss till you're married. I mean, that's people, the, their own convictions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I can speak to man, I would have done anything. Like if there's young girls, young guys listening, I would have done anything to get into my marriage and to have my husband be the only person that I had been with. Like Mm -hmm. I would kill for that. And it just isn't the case. And it's not my story. And I'm thankful for the testimony, like I said, but it really does fall into the relationship. And if your priority and your focus isn't Jesus to satisfy that longing, that neediness in your heart, and you're expecting your husband or your wife to do that, you will be so disappointed and it will cause some of the greatest damage to your marriage of anything because they're never going to be enough for you. The boyfriend, the girlfriend, everything is magnified. And so when you walk into marriage, everything's magnified. So if that husband plays too many video games, that's another topic we discuss on Living Easy. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's there you thing. go. <laughs> he loves video games. But if you play too many video games in, a, in your boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, he's not going to stop just because you're married. Right. It's probably going to be magnified. If he runs away from problems, if she gets really angry and manipulates with emotions, like all of these sins, you're going to see that so much more deeply in marriage. And you have to have your eyes set on Christ. And you have to have that foundation of Jesus to say, I will not let this rock me because my husband or wife doesn't see me or she's not responding the way that I'm expecting because it will just, it's those little foxes like Song of Solomon talks about where it's those little, little issues Mm. that seep in from past relationships, high expectations, (laughs) idolatry Mm -hmm. that will really, really wreck a relationship. And so I think figuring those things out before and getting right with the Lord before in the best way that you can and realizing he alone can satisfy. My husband, as amazing as he is, I am always wanting more attention from him. And he is always feeling like, Lindsay, I'm never going to be enough for you because I can never give you what Jesus is supposed to be giving you. And you're looking for that in me. 
And like I said, eight years later, it's a conversation, it's a prayer, it's repentance. Like it's still very much there. And so breaking that idolatry early, if you can, and fighting against that is huge. Uh, and oh, you just said so much. I'm like, yep, yep, yep. You and I are going to have some combos. I'm, sorry. I'm so passionate no, about No, it is great, girl. Everything you're <laughs> saying you. is so on point. And I do want to just land quickly on the managing expectations thing as well, because I think- mm that as we idolize relationships, there's kind of two things we can do that at least I've seen, and you can totally chime in on this, but either we've been through a lot and we we're either so desperate to just have something that we almost lower our expectations. You know, we lower our expectations and we, we almost want to date the person that's half a Christian that just kind of goes to church on Sunday, but isn't really walking with the Lord. So that's one way we can go. It's like, we just lower our expectations or on the other end, which is what I did when I went back into dating after years of horrendous hurt and realizing I put all my value in relationships was I put like this huge laundry list of things. Like this person has to have every single thing possible. We have to date exactly this way and (laughs) da, 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 da. It's almost one of those two things, you know, and I would just challenge anyone listening, like, where are you landing? And Mm -hmm. if you're in the middle, amazing. That's awesome, right? Like good on you. But what I typically find is most people I talk with in my ministry are on one of two sides. You're either lowering your expectations because you just want it so badly that you're like, I'm willing to kind of settle for that person that maybe just is just a lukewarm Christian or he, you know, he does have an anger problem, but hey, he outwardly, my friends love him and people don't know that he has an anger problem. And, you know, so it's either you're there and you're, you're lowering your expectations and trying to see the best in someone, which, Ooh, I can go on and on about trying to see the best in someone, which is good, but we need to have boundaries and we need to have clarity and we need to have other people communicating and, and, speaking truth to us because we can get lost in that. We can totally get lost on what the potential of that person may be. And we can't marry potential. We just can't. You can't marry the potential. You have to marry them for who they are in this moment. The other side, which I did was like, I had huge expectations of guys I dated ever since I tried to transform my life around. And I'll be really honest, like Lindsay, that is my current today struggle of like, whoa, God, like help me as a dating coach, as someone who runs a dating ministry to not put this very specific timeline or agenda or like, hey, we got to do things A, B, C, D, E, because like, like, this is what I think is right. So you better do it all these ways. You know? well, and- yeah, and that's, yeah. That's so good too, because I think there's a place of, I actually just spoke with a sweet girl last night. Um, she stopped me and we started talking about this relationship and she had all of these hopefuls with this relationship that started years ago and had totally fizzled out. But people in the church, and I just want to address this a little bit, like people in the church had told her, I think you should just stay there. Like, just let it happen. Just, just see if, if he'll come around, you know? And for years, her heart has been focused on this guy and he's not giving that back to her. And so in the, in regards to the settling, like you were talking about, it's huge, but then she also is in the same place of like, but I want this here. Like I need this expectation. I, we planned six months and then we were going to start talking about marriage and then now what? And and having that timeline and then also allowing the blending of what people's opinions are of someone versus who they actually are, like you said, Kate, yeah. is so huge because people are deceived. I mean, they are oh, deceived. Yeah. They're easily mm-hmm. deceived and we're easily deceived in giving in. And so being honest with ourselves and honest in our relationship with the Lord 
and with other people about, is this actually a good thing for me? Is this actually a God thing for me? And, and God, I trust you with timing because like the conversation with her last night was, I know the worst part about this is your feeling. I have to start all over. Like I've given my life to three years and I'm starting over and I'm already almost 40 years old. There's no way, like I can't do this, you know, but I think that's when it gets so meddled and, and, and messy because we have this idea of what it's supposed to look like created by the world. And it's not necessarily what God has said is right for you. And so entrusting dating to him and trusting marriage to him, but not just sitting and waiting, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. living, like serving and pouring out and, and, and being open and available and having that heart, but also just saying, God, I will not settle for less than what you have. And I will stand with my convictions. I will stand with my own battles mm-hmm. and work through the sins that I have and seek your face above all else, instead of giving you timelines, like in that timeline, Lord, just rid me of myself and make me more like you. Yes. I love that. To the person who is just has lowered their standards. I come back to something I talked about with Gary Thomas, who wrote the book, The Sacred Search, The Sacred Marriage. Mm -hmm. And he says, like, would you rather be in a 50 year marriage completely unsatisfied because you decided to date and get married right now? Or would you rather be in a 45-year marriage where you just are loving it and it's God-centered, right? I'm totally paraphrasing, but the difference yeah, there good. is five years. Can Like if you marry, you know, you're getting, that is a covenant, man. Yeah. Like, you know, like, so I know you really want it, but like, do you want it so bad that you're willing to say the rest of my life, <laughs> you know, like yeah. fly out for a second, like the mother and the father of your children, think about those yeah. things. And to the person yeah. who, is on the other side with such high, high expectations. It's like, I always say, great, have a way to like really be able to discern and have good, healthy, godly character standards. But I also would encourage you, like turn those things back on yourself. And are you also walking in the ways and the expectations you have for somebody else? Because most of the time, we still have work to do. And so we have to be able to see that this person in front of me they may not always be the number one Bible study leader and the the person on every group that has every scripture memorized. And, you know, like we just put on these weird expectations of people (laughs) and it may be nuanced. And are you that person, you know? Yeah. And I think also with those expectations, are they biblical? Yes. Because this is a conversation I've had with men who say they have an expectation that their wife is going to be a virgin. I'm like, I don't know if they gave themselves and then they got married and then they were saved and gave themselves to Jesus. They are white as snow in Christ's eyes. They are pure. Mm -hmm. And so for you to have an expectation, just as an example of them being a virgin or of them not having any debt or I mean, whatever it could be, is that biblical? Like, are you giving the grace that Jesus has given them or are you setting them to a higher standard than Christ has even set them to? Because he's offered forgiveness, which granted, obviously we all have desires and, and expectations. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think you meet someone who's amazing, but there's one thing they don't check off the list. And it's something that God has already cleared them for. That's, it just gets really messy and saying like, I am greater than the judgment of Christ. Like my judgment is greater than that of Christ. If everything else is lining up and they're honoring the Lord and they're pursuing the Lord, but they have this one thing that just isn't what I thought it was going to be. Mm. 
I would just encourage mercy and grace, you know, because mercy overcomes judgment. Yes. And there's going to be plenty of times where it's the opposite way where you're going to hope that they have mercy and grace for you. You know, like that is what I realized, right? Oh my gosh. Like, let's be real. I have expectations and I know I can drive guys crazy at the same time. You know, like I know it. If I'm being honest. Oh man, girl, this has just been such an awesome conversation. And I'm so thankful for your heart and your ministry and how you reach so many people just with your blog and your podcast and what you do on Instagram. And and so every interview, I conclude with the same question. So I'm going to ask you now, and it's just, what's your final nugget of dating advice for the Heart of Dating listeners today? Oh gosh. Um, (laughs) I would just say to... Hold on to what you know is true. I think the biggest thing is like you have a guideline for your life. You have a guideline for dating. You have a guideline of marriage in scripture. Like God offers so much truth and wisdom. And that if we allow ourselves to worship him above worshiping dating or the potential of a husband or wife or of the Pinterest perfect wedding, like if we allow those expectations to be squashed in God's name, there will only be good that comes from your marriage. Because if you are setting your sights on Jesus and he is first, if he is more important than your husband or your wife, he is more important than your children, everything else flows down and becomes better and more holy, more righteous, and more joyful. There is so much joy in a God-centered relationship when it comes, but having the patience, having the ability to step back and say, is this what God really has for me? And, and not giving pieces of your heart away to people who do not deserve it yes. so that you can save that for the man who does. Mm. So good. Or woman. Yeah. Yeah. Man or woman. Yes. Man or woman. Girl, thank you so much. This was so thank rich. You. I'm so grateful for your heart and your friendship. I'm like, oh my gosh, thank we need you. to talk more. I know. <laughs> right? Well, I'm excited to have you. I will be having Kate on the Living Easy podcast to talk Yay. about singleness and beauty in the waiting. So you yes. guys can come and check that out as well. Yeah. Speaking of your podcast, how can people connect with you after this if they want to find out where you're located and listen to the things you have? Sure. So you can find me on Instagram at lindsay.maestas. I know it's hard to spell, but (laughs) M-A-E-S-T-A-S. And then um, at Living Easy Podcast on Instagram, I do a lot of like encouraging scripture and quotes. And again, like I said, we talk about so much hard stuff. And I do that on Instagram and both on Living Easy Podcast, which is on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. I have some YouTube videos up as well with recordings. Um, And then we just talk about everything from marriage and friendships and faith and hard relationships, all sorts of things. And my husband comes on occasionally and we will talk about sex and communication. Um, We talk about postpartum stuff for mamas and parents talk about video games and budgets and kind of just how we live life, but we dig deep into hard topics too, but all with faith-based conversation. So yeah, um, yeah, you can find us there and I'm just really thankful. It has my heart. It is totally my joy. I love, yeah, I love conversations. I love just my heart is reminding people that they're more than the mess that they have around them and their circumstances, but also that nothing changes if nothing changes. So I try to offer real solutions to really deep like life problems that can 
change because Jesus changes lives. And I think we need to give him the ability and the power to do so more often in our own lives. Ooh, amen. I love it. Girl, this has been amazing. I just love you. And thank you so much for your time today. I miss all the things going on. You're doing a lot. You're a mama of two. So I just appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And I just respect and love everything that you're doing. So I just want to say thank you because I know your listeners are so, so blessed by these conversations and your fun and joyful spirit. It's just, (laughs) it's so like infectious. I love it. (laughs) Thanks, friend. I'll talk to you soon, girl. Okay. Bye. Bye. You guys, I don't know about you, but I love Lindsay. I just nodded my head all over the place throughout the entire episode and conversation with her because I could just personally relate to so much of what Lindsay has been through. And I know that so many of you have also felt this way. So I pray that today's episode with Lindsay is the starting point for you to start taking some inventory of how you've shown up in the past in relationships and how you want to show up moving forward. Friend, you are not alone in this journey. There is so much healing to be had. Love you, fam, and see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.